Hello and welcome to Who Wins Podcast, where each episode we pit pop culture icons against each other in a brutal fight to the death. It is Halloween and to celebrate we're going to have a Halloween special, pitting all of the classic Universal Monsters against each other in a monster mash. Okay, so Universal Monsters then. We're going to look at Dracula, Frankenstein, The Mummy, Invisible Man. Yeah, we'll throw Invisible Man in there. Wolfman. Yeah, I think we kind of have to. Yeah. There are some others as well, but they're kind of lame. Um, I don't think Phantom of the Opera is going to do anything. Well, so. You might sing him to death. Throw him in if you want to yeah, Phantom of the Opera. Right. He's going to go straight away. Um, okay, so if I mean if we stick with those ones, I think. Yeah, I think by definition, by putting Frankenstein in there, there's going to be an extension to Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. Just because they're kind of the same. Well, I mean, and and those ones are all, and and this is something we should probably address straight away. We're calling them Universal Monsters because they they are sort of from that period of Universal's history, but they're all kind of cultural touchstones. We all know who Dracula is. We all know who the Wolfman is. There will be many, many iterations, but they tend to be the same. Yeah, there'll um, be nuances, but the, the fundamentals are the same. So we'll just take the classic amalgamations of them, essentially, with their powers. So silver bullets for werewolves and, and crucifixes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so to start with, then, I mean, the obvious thing to address here is that with the likes of Dracula, he's obviously supernatural as well as... You yeah. know, Frankenstein is essentially a giant zombie. Yeah, he's a blood object. Yeah, the mummy is essentially a zombie wrapped in bandages. Yeah. Whereas Dracula has actual powers. Yeah. He can turn into a bat, he can mesmerise people, he can... He, he's got to be a clear front runner here. But he doesn't tan very well. No, well, I mean, I guess this is the thing. In order for these to fight... At they the have, indoors or at night. Yeah, they, we have to create some very specific circumstances here. There's got to be some sort of... Well, well the weather's got to be shit because Frankenstein needs lightning in order to bring him to life. So Only once, though. Once, by the way, once he's are, alive, he's alive. Yeah, we are aware that it is actually Frankenstein's monster, but yeah. that is a mouthful. So yeah. it is a Frankenstein purpose <laughs> <laughs> of this podcast. Yeah. Although if you want to berate us on Twitter, that's great because it means that somebody's listening. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, Frankenstein needs lightning. I mean, he could have been brought to life previously, but let's just say for sake of argument then, because the Wolfman is going to need a full moon. Yeah. Dracula can't go out in daylight. Yeah. So let's assume it is a dark and stormy night and there is a full moon. And if you think about um Ra's bandages in Thundercats as well, when they were exposed to sunlight, they, they melted into dust on these, so they, they crumbled anyway. So Good it kind of needs to be... It, uh, it needs to be at night time really yeah other than that it can be anywhere but it is at night time it is a full moon and it is thunder and lightning so already if it's thunder and lightning and we're outside the mummy's at a significant disadvantage well yeah because, because he's going to get wet and soggy yeah <laughs> I mean Wolfman to a point but he's just going to be kind of like a big dog and shake it off it's going to slow him down a bit but it's not going to do that much worse so the mummy's going to get waterlogged it would also counteract a big part of the Invisible Man's arsenal because rain's going to bounce off him and make him kind of visible. Yeah, there's going to be going to be an outline, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, you're not going to have features, but there's going to be a very clearly a, a man-shaped thing repelling water. Yeah. So I guess we should move them inside for sake of fairness. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, you can have thunder and lightning without rain. Yeah, you can. I mean, maybe they're all invading Dracula's castle or something, which seems to make sense. Um, yeah, we, we won't ask why, because... That would take far too long. Because that's where all the bitches are, man. Have you never seen a Dracula film? Like, he keeps women chained in his basement and stuff. Well, not chained, he mesmerises them, I suppose, don't he? But 
That's where all the bitches are. He's got like millions of brides. Poor bastard. Poor old Frankenstein's only got one. And let's face it, she's not a looker. I suppose you do play to your level, don't you? I guess Anyone so. Anyone with boats in their neck and stitches across their forehead isn't, isn't actually going to be looking for this world, are they? No, but then it's not like they can have riveting conversation. It's not a personality thing, is it? Let's be fair. So, got to have something going on. Well, I guess if you're stitching together a person, like if you're creating your idea of what is essentially going to be a perfect human, because that's got to be what, you're not going to make any old shit, are you? Yeah, you, you, it's not making life for the sake of making life, it's making no. life better. So, yeah, I know he's a bit thick and I know he's stitched together and stuff, but you'd have to think Victor would have given him a giant fucking cock. Probably. Because you're not going to Com- go... Compensating, probably. Oh, yeah. He, he's got to go for the old fucking baby's arm older than Apple. And maybe yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, what's the point? Well, yeah, that's it. I mean... Well, Frank, Frank Stan wouldn't be able to get it up, though, technically, would he? One... No, he is alive, though, isn't he? Well, yeah, there's, 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 there's blood flowing, isn't there? Yeah. So, as long as he's plumbed in, right? So, could Frankenstein and Bride Frankenstein have a baby Frankenstein? Probably not, because she wouldn't produce eggs. Like, she'd have the bits, but she'd kind of be like a sex doll. And pro- potentially he wouldn't have sperm either. No, I guess he so wouldn't. So there, there yeah. would be, there'd be blood to push through the artery to get the, to, to get the so erection. Would he be able to come then? There'd be nothing to come, would there? No. He's essentially shooting air out of his penis. Yeah. So, if Frankenstein... <laughs> so is that his weapon? He goes around wanking. <laughs> Possibly. Um, that's not quite where I was going, but it would work on that standpoint. Um, like, if he's fucking somebody then, even if it is Bride of Frankenstein, at the point of ejaculation, all he's doing is shooting air. Yeah. So would he blow her up? <laughs> is but it depends this... if he had the valve in or not. Is this like Superman shooting a load through the back of Lois's head? Like, would he just literally blow her to pieces? Because you've got to figure he's coming with some force. Yeah, but I mean, if she's stitched together in the same sort of fashion, then you'd hope the suture would be strong enough. It's only stitches. Yeah. Maybe that's why she's got that big fucking hairdo. Maybe it's just <laughs> storing. <laughs> yeah. It's just full of air. <laughs> Um, Jesus Christ, we're seven minutes in and already I'm talking about necrophilia. Uh, Is it technically necrophilia if, if both of them are corpses? I guess not. At that point, it's just fucking, isn't it? I don't think there's a name for it, but yeah, I, I think necrophilia involves at least one, one of the parties being alive and one of the parties being dead. They're both unnatural. They're both stupid. So they're they... chaps. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Do they even have... Being that they're unnatural and they can't reproduce then, would they even have the desire to fuck? I don't know, because, I mean, the whole point of the, the, the monster, as well as the creation, the creature, whatever you want to call it, it was making life, but it was animating parts of a body in a way that they all reacted together in the way that a human body would. I don't necessarily know, I don't remember, it's been a long time since I read the book, but I don't know whether any of the hormones or any of that sort of stuff was recreated or whether it was just, you know, built a, built a big body but stuck some power into it and it moved. Mm. Yeah, I don't know either. Because, um, I mean, the other side of that is if there's... No, I'm, I'm just going to make a stupid point. I'm going to say that if there's no hormones, there's no emotion, there's no rage. But when Victor destroyed the, um, the companion in the book, then he did go into yeah, rage. Yeah, he and, definitely has emotion. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's kind of the key to the monster, isn't it? Is he's trying to really come to terms with the stuff he's feeling. Hmm. You know, I mean, we see it illustrated 
perfectly um, in, with the scene in the film where he goes down to see the little girl at the river and doesn't quite understand what she's doing, but he makes a bond with her and so then picks her up and throws her in the river because mm. he thinks that's playing. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, we sort of, when they're burning the sort of victors laid down, you, you feel for the monster because he's scared. Yeah, he's, I mean, the monster, the, the, the book is actually quite well done in this respect. I mean, all the way through, you're kind of expecting it to not be this way, but the monster is, is actually quite sympathetic by the end mm. because the monster is effectively a child yeah. that's been born into, born into a body it can't control. That's not its fault. No. And then it doesn't know how strong it is. It doesn't know how it's supposed to act. Um, that there is a point where you get to the point where the monster is kind of sentient and knows what it's doing in, in, in the way it, um, it goes to Victor and looking for, looking for a mate. But you think, well, it was, kind of made, it was kind of set up to fail. It was kind of born to be a monster and it couldn't be anything else. And so that's, in that respect, you think, well, yeah, okay, the fact it did have the, 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 the rage and it did, it did then draw the iron, get, uh, get targeted and it yeah. did burn down. You think, well, okay, it kind of had it coming in as much as its actions, but not its intentions. Yeah. And that's always a difficult one. And I, I, I did one, one of the A-levels, Frank Stan was on our cortex, and we had to do, there's a section in the book, and I can't for the life of me remember which section it was now, but we had to write it from the other point of view. So right. if it was, I, I, think, I think it was just before um, Victor made and destroyed the, the maid. Um, and we had to write it from the opposite point of view. And that was far harder, because once you actually get into it, and you think of what's going on, you think, well, actually, there's a, there's a lot more to it than just he made me a plaything and then he decided not to give it to me they mm. threw it out and I had a tantrum and killed people yeah and the, the monster was always, it's always one of those characters for me that it's been explored to a point but I think there's a lot more that could have been done with it in some of the iterations that have come since yeah that they've just kind of ignored on one hard smash yeah that is I think Universal's first stab at it is probably the best at exploring that um, you really do feel for the monster by the end of it yeah I mean um, the, the Branner um version was on the early 90s yeah that kind of it was supposed to be there and the, the, it was De Niro wasn't it was the, the monster De Niro and you were kind of supposed to feel for, feel for the monster but by the time you got anywhere near feeling anything for it the film was over mm. they just really didn't play they didn't give enough time for you no. to really get into it no um, okay so basically what we're saying then is, is everybody is the Hulk <laughs> for the purposes of this yeah. fight Frankie is the, is the Hulk um, he doesn't really understand what he's doing and he probably wouldn't get involved in any kind of fight willingly unless pushed. Yeah. Um, so it's going to take somebody to actually annoy him. I mean, he's going to be quite easily manipulated by Dracula as well. I think so. like that is Dracula's yeah. strong point. Yeah, that's a Dracula manipulator. Dracula's not a fighter. No, definitely not. He's going to absorb a lot of damage though. I mean, the Wolfman can pounce on Dracula and, and take chunks out of his neck. It's not going to do anything. No. That's it, and that's all of a sudden his claws are made of wood and they go into his heart. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think the, the, the button you've got to push with Frankenstein is, is going for the bride. I mean, that's what did it in the original text. Yeah, well, I think if you hurt him, like if he, you know, you, you don't necessarily have to bring him into the fight that way. I mean, if the fight's already going on and he gets hurt, if Wolfman goes and something, he's going to retaliate. Yeah, I suppose because he's going to feel pain. Yeah, I suppose it's that child, so child element. No, it it's, is that, it's that, yeah. I'm, I'm hurt, I'm going to lash out. And one, yeah, once the rage starts, then he's going to be very difficult to stop. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's essentially going to take everyone else to take him down. Hmm. The difference is with him as opposed to, say, Dracula, possibly even the mummy. We'll explore that in a moment. But once he's down, and once you have separated the head, yeah. or taken out any of the eternal organs, he's gone. 
He's yeah. not supernatural to that extent. He's, he's undead, but he's not ever living. No, so, he's, he's a human body, effectively. Yeah. I don't, several human bodies, but he's, he's a human body that works in the way that human body works. That you know, The heart pumps blood around to the organs yeah. and all the rest of it. So it might be a crude copy, but it's still a human body. So you, you cut off an arm, yeah. it's going gonna, it's gonna to bleed out, and then the body's not going to have enough blood to support it, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to end up yeah. failing. So I think that's probably... On, on paper, he looks like he's going to be very strong, but in reality... It's going to be very easy to take down. It's going to be very easy to take him out. It is. Um, if everyone else essentially jumps on him straight away, then all it really takes is for the Wolfman to take a big chunk out of his neck. Or he's he's even a leg, even a big chunk out of his out of his leg. I mean, you yeah. think of dogs attacking people's legs is where they go for. Take out the femoral artery, he's going to bleed yeah. out in seconds. And I mean, he's also straight away when the fight starts. He is the natural target for the Wolfman because if nothing else. The Wolfman is essentially a wild animal. Yeah, and he looks like a chew toy. Yeah, he's rotten meat. Yeah. So, he's food. Yeah. (laughs) He is food. Um, The Wolfman alone probably can't take him down, though, because if he pounces, Frankie's just going to, like, swing at him and knock him a mile. So, he's going to have to be... They're going to have to pile him, basically. Yeah, they're going to have to. But I think Wolfman's... It depends on on how much of a cross you look at. If it's... A man in wolf form, so walks upright and kind of is hairy and has some jaws. I'm not, I'm not that familiar with the universal um, iteration of it. Then, yeah, fine. No, but if if he's more canine than he is human, he's going to be faster. He's going to be more agile and able to move. So I think swatting him out of the way is only going to work so many times. I think we have to look at it from the standpoint of, like we said, this, these characters are so popular. There are a lot of different iterations. Yeah, and I think particularly in modern. They, there is far more potential to move towards a person definitely turning into a wolf. Yes. Whereas in the classic films and earlier, it tends to be sort of like an anthropomorphic wolf. So it will mutate in as much as covered in hair, fangs and claws and stuff, but can walk on two legs. Right. Can Tends to walk on four, but can walk on two. Doesn't think like a human. It's not the same person it is or wolf. Yeah, it's an animal. Yeah, kind of in a in a man's sort of body. So he's able to stand upright and slash with his claws right. and that sort of thing. So yeah, I I think he's going to go for for Frankenstein. And he is going to just smack him about. It's going to take at least him and Dracula, possibly the mummy as well. But I mean, I don't really know what the mummy's got to offer to this fight. To be honest, the mummy's, the mummy's biggest weapon is the fact that he can kind of shed his bandages and, and set like traps and lures and things and trip people up. Mm. I mean, a lot of the mummies in any iteration of a mummy film, a lot of it is tied up with curses. Yeah. Which is all well and good, but a curse isn't really going to do you any kind of help in a fight. A curse has to happen first. Somebody has to be cursed to be ill or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, you look at sort of the certainly the, the more recent iterations of the mummy, the um, uh, the sort of late nineties, early two thousands mm-hmm. versions. The mummy had some very definite powers. You had the sort of the scarab beetles um, in the second one. I think he could control water. He made that he big tidal sand wave. And stuff he made as a, well. he made yeah. a sandstorm. Yeah. I mean, he's like essentially that. a magician. Yeah, um, but I mean, that was the way that was set up. Is that character was some form of sage or whatever. Prior to dying, prior to dying, yeah. and had some form of a bit rudimentary ability, whatever it was, and then in death it was enhanced, so he could control sandstorms and shit like that. Yeah. Um, so it would depend on who the mummy is. If the mummy is just some dude who got mummified, I mean, I know they, were, they didn't do it to everybody; it was only important people. But if it was just some dude who had no abilities, no powers, and was you know, 
wrapped up and put it in a mm. sarcophagus and then you know, 2,000 years later somebody opened him up and pissed him off. I don't know what abilities he's going to have. Well, again, to go classic with it and to bring in as many of the iterations as possible and form some sort of general idea of the mummy, um, I think the common perception is that a mummy is a pharaoh. Right. Essentially, isn't it? Like, you'll always see them in a pharaoh's tomb or a sarcophagus or something like that. Yeah. Then they get exhumed. So the thinking is that, yeah, it's a pharaoh or a priest or an important person. But I think for this, for all intents and purposes, yes, it's a, it's a pharaoh. Um, there's always a curse associated with it. Yeah. Which tends to be some sort of necromancy and stuff like that, doesn't it? It tends to like yeah. rot flesh and what have you, or like the scarab beetles. But in terms of actual physical attacking power, very limited. can't really do a lot. He's essentially a zombie wrapped in bandages. Yeah, exactly. Uh, at best, really. he's a distraction while the Wolfman and Dracula yeah, I mean, go again, after Frankenstein. I, again, you look at it though, he's kind of a chew toy. Right, Wolf, well, yeah, he's just going to go for him. Yeah, but so, you know, he's got more to play with, he's got more to cling on to because he can, he can play with the bandages and shit. Well, he could do the classic cartoon. You grab, grab one, one end, pull it, yeah, and let and it spin away. Spin around like a top, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> and what we're going to end up with is a zombie, um, basically. Yeah. yeah, so a naked yeah. zombie as opposed to one in bandages. Yeah, uh, at which point, again, Wolfman's going straight for the rotting flesh. Yeah, so. I mean, this. This is, and they addressed it in uh, Big Bang Theory. There was an episode where they were talking about the difference between zombies and mummies and shit like that. And a mummy is effectively a zombie. Yes. It's, it's a reanimated corpse, only this time it's in bandages. So, in, in all things, if a zombie bites you, you turn into a zombie. But I don't think it's ever come up what happens if a mummy bites you. Yeah, I don't think a mummy biting you turns you into a mummy. But would it turn you into a zombie? It's no, I don't think it would. I think the difference comes in there is with, with a zombie, um, I mean, obviously not going all the way back to their roots in Haitian culture and stuff like that, but the common conception of a zombie now is that there's some, some, some form of plague or virus. Yeah. And so when you get bitten, it you transmits it. the virus and that's what turns you into a zombie. Yeah. A mummy is a dead person that has been reanimated. He's probably closer to Frankenstein's monster than he is a zombie, really. It's just that he's one complete body to begin with. Right. And through some sort of supernatural means, he's been reanimated. So that's supernatural. There's no pathogen or anything right. that could affect a person. And turn. The only thing that potentially could turn into mummy and associated with him, I guess, is the curse of the mummy. Yeah. It's possible that you could disturb a mummy's tomb, get cursed die and then become, and then become animated yeah. and become a mummy yeah but then yeah but then you wouldn't be wrapped in the bandages you would just be wrapped in the bandages is because that was done prior to burial and yeah. so when the mummy is then exhumed he yeah. just happens to be wrapped in bandages if you were buried in your birthday suit you would be a naked zombie yeah, yeah. so yeah they, they're God, kind of the same that. thing from terms of their abilities and their attacking power and stuff yeah. but what they actually are and how they create more of themselves is, is different that way I think yeah. if a mummy bites you you don't turn into a mummy yeah you just get a bit of a fabric rash yeah and if, you know if a zombie bites you you don't necessarily turn into a zombie either in all, yeah. Yeah. if we get into the science of zombies this will go on all day because there are now I so many I, different I think that's a podcast in itself the science of zombies I think that's going to be our spin off show there is there's a documentary on Netflix called the science of zombies motherfuckers yeah um, there's possibly a podcast there in different iterations of zombies fighting each other as armies but yeah, fuck that. well yeah maybe there's something there um, okay so Dracula and the Wolfman are both going for Frankenstein first then 
Yeah. So the mummy's initial fight is going to be with the Invisible Man. Yeah, I mean, I think to be honest, the the whole thing of Frank is saying is that he's kind of he's kind of a symbol. No, if you take him out, it looks like you've taken out the uh, the, the the big monster, the really heavy hitter. Yeah. In reality, you've taken out a four year old. Yeah, I mean, it tends to happen whenever we do these fights and there's a big character. Um, if you think back to when we did like Fantastic Four and we had the thing involved and things like yeah. that. Or whenever there's somebody that's going to be a, a clear big hitter, they're actually not all that good. No, that's it. They, they, because they're tanks, essentially. Yeah. Uh, that's it. And I mean, certainly in this instance, you, it's a tank with very little experience, very little life experience, very little knowledge he is he's going to go down really quickly isn't he yeah the only thing, only thing he's got going for him is, is childlike rage and realistically you get wolfman and a vampire straight on you and you're not really going to do a lot if the wolfman can get to his juggler that's it yeah it's game over it to, for that matter if dracula can get to his juggler no i was just going to say that yet, but because he's dead though so would he taste horrible to dracula well that's what i was going to say is that if dracula gets to his juggler a he's dead his blood isn't fresh it's not so it's it's going to taste kind of weird anyway it's going to taste like rotting meat yeah but also he's got those bolts in his neck is that just a design to stop vampire attacks true I mean he could shatter teeth yeah I mean was Victor Frankenstein actually that forward thinking he thought I know there's going to be a podcast in 200 years yeah (laughs) at some point this dude needs to protect himself from Dracula yeah I know I'll stick some steel in his neck yeah but I mean, either way, I, I don't think it. I, I think yeah, the the Wolfman's going to tear him apart. Yeah, I mean the fact he's already got natural weakness. You know, this the stitching is always going to be a, a weak point in his construction. Definitely, you, you know, he's going to start biting. He's going to rip his arms off. He's going to rip his head off. I think Frankenstein, let's say, is a is a distraction. Yeah, so he's gone. So we've got. So let's turn our attention for the moment then to Mummy and Invisible Man. Now, whenever you see. The mummy, we, we talked about him being a zombie. The one thing I will say is he never seems to be as stupid as a zombie. No, he's always sort of sentient and you know, comes menace. He's always, he always yeah. knows what he's doing. Yeah, so it's not like the Invisible Man's got an easy time of it. No, and I mean, the thing with the Invisible Man, like we said, they're, they're in a storm. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not raining, you get lightning, it's going to... Lightning is going to... Ref- the, the it's going to refract. It's going to refract yeah. differently. It's going to it's going to refract differently through the Invisible Man than it does off any other surface. So again... As soon as you get a clap of light, you get a, even if it's only a flash for half a second, you know roughly where he is. Mm. Now I think this is um, I said it fairly flippantly earlier about the bandages becoming tripping aids and stuff like that. But if you've got a rough idea of where he is and you can get some form of wrap a bandage around it, yeah, some, even if it's not, you wrap a bandage mm. around something he's going to trip over. Then it, all, all of a sudden you've got a weapon against him. Well, it's not only that. I mean, if you think um, whenever you see the Invisible Man on a screen, then regardless of what iteration it is as well. His common way of making himself visible when he wants to interact with people is to wrap bandages around his head. Yes. Now, obviously, in this fight, he's going to take those off because he wants to be invisible. Mm. However, the mummy is a walking bandage. So if he can get a rough bead on him, there's absolutely no reason why he can't tear off a good length of bandage, wrap it around the invisible man, and and then he can see where he is. Um, at which point it just comes down to really bearing in mind he's a rotten corpse how much strength has he got in him when well, he throws yeah, a so. punch is he going to throw a punch connect and his arm drop off yeah because again commonly when you see the mummy unwrapped he is a very decrepit corpse and yeah. it's basically going to turn to ash yeah so it, I guess it depends how tightly wound those bandages are and whether they can support him enough to throw a punch but then again I, I think even then they wouldn't because if you're throwing a punch, irrespective of how tightly things are wound, 
the pressure is all in the in the actual limb. Mm. So if if you punch a solid object, the 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 shock isn't going down the ex the exterior, is it? It's not going down the no. back, it's going down the centre. Going down the centre. Yeah. And it's kind of just gonna crumble. Mm. So really the problem is gonna be how the mummy can actually attack him. I th- I think that's gonna be if if he, if we're going down the route saying he's gonna get his back get bandages on to him to, to make him a target, one of them's gotta go around his neck. Yeah, and choke him out, I guess, yeah. But again, if a two, three thousand year old bandage is gonna be strong enough and isn't gonna snap. Yeah, well I mean they were treated, weren't they? The, the bandages yeah, were but, I mean yeah. rudiment no rudimentary treatments, they're not gonna be the, I don't think there's much evidence of them surviving to certain no to No. Even though going back to the what was that, the thirties, forties, fifties when they were making those those sorts of films. He's still talking a couple of thousand a year, so the treatments weren't gonna be that strong. I mean, when you see pictures of actual mummies um, it's all kind of decayed and sort of it's sort of melted in with the what's left of the, yeah. the tissue and everything anyway, so it's all kind of difficult. So conversely, all Invisible Man has really got to do is get one good solid shot in. Yeah, and he's going to crumble. So that one's got to go to the Invisible Man. Yeah. Now, one thing I've always wondered with the Invisible Man, right, because like you said, when he wanted to be visible, he put bandages on, you look at various different iterations, like Hollow Man, you put a coat on and glasses yeah. and a hat and shit like that. Um, Stuff he's holding is all... No, it's only him that's invisible, yeah? Yeah. Stuff he's holding is... So he can't even pick up a weapon. No, because you know where he is. Because then you know where he is. He's got his fists, basically. Yeah. Which against no Wolfman and... Oh, oh. we'll come to that in a minute, I guess. Yeah. That's that's something I've always wondered because it's... Again, it's... We talked about it when we did The Incredibles, so we talked about different superpowers. Invisibility is great to a point. Yeah. But unless it's coupled with something else... It's no good. It's not really going to do you much much good. I mean, it's great if you want to go and purr on women in the changing room. Yeah. But if you no, you want to get into a fist fight, the only element you've got is surprise. Because you can't it's not as if you can run past and hit people because they're gonna hear your footfall your footfall. Yeah. So unless you get behind them and then somebody else takes a swing and then you do the old twin thing where one hides behind them, pushes you over, it's not really that useful. No, it's not very useful at all. And if you can't hold a weapon in this sort of environment, then you're kind of fucked. Yeah, I mean with with the mummy he's he's kinda lucky in as much as all it's gonna take is is a few decent punches because he'll crumble. But, yeah, but the rest of them, yeah. I mean, unless he can get... I mean, we have to be in mind, he's not really... The Invisible Man is a scientist, so it's not like he's a skilled fighter. Yeah, he's not like he's he a ninja. He's his body as a weapon. Yeah, he's... He's not Chuck Norris. Yeah, so when, when it comes down to the mummy being gone, and now we've got the Invisible Man against Wolfman and Dracula then, um, bear in mind, Wolfman's probably going to be able to smell him. Yeah, that was... I was also going to say that. I mean, for me, the only strategy you would be able to employ as Invisible Man is to let the two of them go at it. Yeah. And get behind... So say so get behind Dracula, and then stake him through the back. But like, again, I think that as soon as Frankenstein's down, the next natural thing for Wolfman, bearing in mind that Dracula is is essentially just just dead. He's not even a meal to the Wolfman. He's, no. he's been dead for so long. Whereas the Invisible Man is actual flesh. Yeah, like, he's, he's alive. He's fresh it's meat. Yeah, that's it. So Wolfman's going to go straight for him. He's going to smell him and just go for him. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the other thing as well is, like, besides the fact he can smell it, he's also going to have heightened hearing as well. So the Invisible Man is going to find it incredibly difficult to dodge him. Yeah, he's going to find it very difficult to move around in any sense. And the only hope he's got... Now, he is a scientist, so you would have thought, coming into this fight, he's going to analyse this a bit. So he knows he needs garlic, he knows he needs crucifixes, he knows he needs holy water, and he knows he needs silver bullets. So you would have thought that potentially he's got a revolver lying around with a yeah. silver bullet in it. Now, here's a question, right? If he knows he needs these things, right? He's got very very few places to conceal things. If he were so inclined to run hide something up his ass, would you be able to see it? Yeah, it's inside, probably. Because good. it's inside him. Yeah. 
but it's inside him, but like his organs are invisible, but any foreign body in there wouldn't be invisible, would it? So like if he takes a drink, you would you see, see it. You see it going down. So if he stuffs a, a revolver up his ass, you're going to see it. And it, does it technically, I mean, obviously in, in, in folklore, we, we think of it as a silver bullet. But it's not really the bullet that's it's, killing the werewolf. It's the, silver. It's the it's silver. silver. You could have a silver knife. You could have a silver necklace. It could be anything as long as it's silver. He just needs some silver, yeah. So he needs. He might even have a silver dagger or something. But you'd have thought you'd have had the wherewithal to bring something like that to this fight. I mean, there's also Wolf Spain as well, obviously. Yeah. So he's he's bound to have some sort of weapon. Yeah, there's going to be some sort of plan. Now, where it is, is another thing. Like you say, whether he's hiding it or whether it's just around the general area and he needs to get to it, I don't know. But, I mean, he's not hes not going to walk into this fight with nothing, is he? No. But, again, I think, as you said, now he's hes not fast. He's not a fighter. He's a scientist. So it's not as if he can say, right, all I need to do is leg it 200 yards that way, get the, get the gun with the silver bullet, get the silver dagger or the, you know, the stake and whatever else is, and bring him back. Because it's going to take him quite a while to do that. And Wolfman's going to take him down in the Yeah, Wolfman's going to be a lot faster. Mm. And it's going to have the hearing and all the, and the, so the sense of smell. So we'll, he'll know where he's going. So I think to be, I think that's kind of him out. Because whatever he tries to do, I don't think he's a match for the hearts of the heightened senses. No. And even if he was to have somehow ingested something with Wolf's bane in or whatever before coming into the fight... He's still going to die to get it into Wolfie. To get into Wolfie, yeah. So, it is, yeah, he's kind of... He's fucked at this yeah, point. Yeah, to be honest, the fact he you know, came third out of five is uh, quite a surprise. Yeah. Um, that, that's only by virtue of Frankenstein didn't get a look in. Uh, and the mummy was shit. The was shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, so now we're down to Dracula and the Wolfman. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Because both of them are going to need very... Well, I guess no, both of them don't need very specific things to kill them. Because although we know that silver affects a werewolf... Likewise, also, if you took the werewolf's head off, it will die. It's yeah. still a living thing. Yeah. Whereas Dracula is undead. You take his head off, he's still going to fucking live. Hmm. What exactly he's going to be able to do, I don't know. Yeah. But we know that Dracula is essentially unkillable unless you stake him or expose him yeah, to sunlight. Yeah, there are, there are certain things you there have to do. There are very specific parameters. Yeah. Um, whereas with a werewolf, like, yeah, if you just shoot him with a normal bullet, it's not really going to phase him. Yeah, if not, you take his head off, though, he's fucking dead. Yeah. I mean, I think, for me, it's... Having said that, though, and this is coming more into modern day, when you look at something like, say, Blade, that is a common way, or Buffy, for that matter, that yeah. is quite a common way to kill a vampire. You can decapitate it. Yeah. Because it does make sense. If you're decapitated, you are removing the brain, and therefore... Yeah, and it's, it's the brain that's the only thing that's, that's controlling everything, yeah. So maybe you can decapitate Dracula. It's not something that was ever addressed. Yeah, it's... Uh, 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 because be I don't see... Like, once you take that head off, what's going to happen? Like, he's not the thing. He can't all of a sudden sprout arms and legs on his head and just crawl away. Hmm. So, I mean, he's not going to bleed out. No. But he's not going to fucking be able to do anything. Well, that's it, because he's not controlling a body. He's not attached to it. He's just a snapping head. But, I mean, I think the difference here is that, as opposed to being a general vampire... This is also Dracula. Now, for me, the, the biggest part of it is how he can manipulate Wolfie. How can he get into he his head? He can control animals. We yeah. know this. Yeah. So uh, the, the question is, can he control Wolfman? Or is because the, the strength is there, the physical strength is there, but you don't know what the mental capacity is. If he's effectively a wild animal, then he's kind of not going to 
be able to resist any sort of manipulation. No, and even even if you look at the human side of things as well, we know that if you have a weak mind, Dracula can manipulate you. You have to have a very very strong will. Yeah. To not be manipulated by Dracula. So unless we're talking about a very very strong willed person prior to becoming the Wolfman, which I gen- they generally were, which is no, then Dracula's kind of very easily able to get into his head. So yeah. I don't know if he'd even be able to fight him at all. Yeah, Dracula would just be able to freeze him in place and mesmerise him. Well, just you know, brainwash him and uh, make him his bitch. But I think that was always the case with, not necessarily the, not the, the Universal movie, certainly ones that have followed, is that the, the people who get turned into canine characters, into wolves and so on. Lupine, isn't it? Lupine, yeah. Um, the ones who get turned into, into wolves, they tend to be very meek, very passive characters. Yeah. And that sort of, that wolf aspect, that Lupin facet, is what brings out the rest of their character and, make, and makes them more rounded. Yeah. And that's kind of the whole point, whereas if you've got somebody who was fairly weak to begin with and then turns into a wild animal, there's not really much hope of, of fighting that off. They're, they're going to be fairly no. easily taken over. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you've got to figure that Dracula can take him over, mesmerise him in place and go up and just fucking drain him, essentially. I mean, you know that's going to be some pretty powerful fucking blood. Yeah, that's going to keep him going for a while. Yeah, so he's, he's just going to mesmerise him. That was... Is it that easy? I don't know. Because I think it probably is. Yeah, which is quite disappointing, really. Dracula is that much more powerful than all of the other monsters. When you think about it, like, he's got it all going on. Well, yeah, that's it, because you always... Whatever version of Dracula you think, even if you go back to sort of the originals, you go back to the Nosferatu iteration where mm. like the Christopher Lee, Dracula and beyond, they were all very sophisticated, very eloquent. Nosferatu was kind of a monster. Yeah. Even then, you look at him physically and think, well, fuck that. It's a very small body, a very frail, yeah. uh, very frail incarnation. And it's not really going to do that much. And even when you come into sort of the more modern ones, you look at um, Gary Oldman's uh, Dracula, again, was very feeble, very... Uh, and then took on blood and became stronger, but was very feeble, very old, looked very meek and very passive. But it was the psychological aspect and it was the, the other powers that made him so so strong. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Wolfie's actually got a chance, unless as a human being, prior to the fight, he thought, okay, I'm going to be fighting Dracula, and kind of tried to pre-arm himself, whether that was via eating a shit ton of garlic or sticking a crucifix collar around his neck or something I possibly no I mean that doesn't that's not going to change the fact that if he can get inside his head and control him if he can't eat him or he can't he can't drain him he can make him run off a cliff yeah he could he could just direct him straight over it yeah and if, if they're really struggling they've got a pile of bones laying around he can throw one like a stick and get the chaser well I don't think Draft would be playing with sticks <laughs> I think that's very fucking dangerous ah uh, that might be his undoing though he might be overconfident I, I can't think of a single way, to no. be honest, and I, I that can't Wolfman think... could combat him. I, and can't. I think going back through the others, even if the fight had gone a different way, I don't think None there's anybody there. Answer. There's nobody there. I mean, there's, there's nobody who's going to be able to, to fight that off. Frankie, Frankenstein's monster, again, mesmerise him easily. Yeah. The mummy is... The mummy's useless. Yes. We know this. But not only that, again, he's, he's, he's already dead. He's, he's, no, they were... They were they tend to be sentient, but they, they did still kind of tend to be singular focus. And yeah. I think in terms of, of will and things like that, that was probably... Because he would have been a pharaoh or a priest or something. So he's probably Dracula's closest match there. Yep. But then physically, he's got nothing. Yeah. He's, it's a case of he's got to stake Dracula. And in order to do that, he's got to drive a stake through Dracula's ribcage. 
Which isn't going to be strong enough to do. You can't throw a punch. Yeah. So, and then you've got Invisible Man, who again will have a strong will and a good mindset because he's a scientist, but he's got to pick a steak up or pick some garlic up. Which is visible. Which makes him visible. And the second he's visible, it's fucking all over him. Yeah. Or Wolfie is. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I can't see a, a way in which anybody comes out of that. So Dracula is basically king of the monsters. Happy Halloween. Yeah. There you go. All right. So, um, yeah, if you disagree with that, you want to talk about it, you want to drop some line and shoot the shit, go to our website, whowinspodcast.com, and uh, look for that button. Until then, see you next time. See you next time. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight for my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise he did the match he did the monster match the monster match it was a graveyard smash he did the match it caught on in a flash he did the match he did the monster